This is the Relevant Podcast. It's episode 953, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me, still here in Orlando, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? Hey, man. Uh, Jesse, it's been fun having you down. It's fun having Tyler down. I'm excited about the oh, game it's been tonight. A blast. We had fun at the other game. We magic are doing you, good right now. You, I like you it. were able to and elicit a reaction out of uh, James Harden, which I've been texting that video to friends. That's, e- that's, um, that's easy. Are you serious? I want to see that's this. Easy. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. There's drop certain players in the NBA talk. that you 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 joke with them or tease them. They'll, they'll was, give it right back. Yeah, but but really? he did it playfully. We were talking about this during the game. He's just an old pro. He's used to it. He laughs it off. You know, he doesn't take the bait. Yeah, no big deal. It was almost like a playful banner, but it was a lot of fun. And we went go-karting, uh, uh, which I haven't we done. We did. For... We went indoor adult, adult race, indoor electric go-karts, Mario Andretti yep. facility here in town. We just was like, we was... went on a Monday and we pulled in and the parking lot was packed. And I was like, who ha- doesn't have a job that they're here doing indoor go-karts on a Monday afternoon? And I realized it was spring break. So, you know. Spring break. Oh, it, it was an hour there. away for eight laps. <laughs> One hour for oh eight laps, and it was worth oh, it. Man. These carts oh. were amazing, and I mean, they were crazy. And me, and Cameron, me and Cameron were taking it serious. I was thinking about going in there and just goofing and trying to get in trouble, but it's like I've waited no. an hour for this, and I got eight hard laps. I was chatting them up before. Like you want to win? Like huh? you're in there, like oh, I'm yeah. going to win this race. Oh, they're timing your laps. They have a leaderboard. Oh. You're like it's racing. I mean, it's I went and okay. found you one of helmets. their employees. I mean, it's like gear. I mean, it's like a real thing. I mean, you can really hurt find, yourself. It's fun. I tried to find the senior most employee at this go kart track who appeared to be about seventeen. <laughs> no. What he said was to one of the workers, he goes, he said, he said, okay, do y'all get to race? Is that part of the perks? And he goes, yeah, we do. And then he goes, which one of you is the best racer? And then the one guy goes, that's me. Jesse sidled up to him and asked for tips on the the track. (laughs) He really did. He got in there. He was like... He did. He gave great tips. and, and, And oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a game changer. So really good time. Really good time. I'm the person at yep. a go-kart thing like that that's riding the brakes. Like, my kids are like, Mom, you're so late. And I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm scared. They're like, you shouldn't even ever touch your brake. Like, you should just be all in. I'm like, I, I can't. They make me so nervous. I caused a crash. There was these two See, people that were annoying me, me in front of me. And I swung around, did a booster, because you get like a nitrous booster once a lap. And I swung around them on the outside. Nitrous booster and cut them off on the turn. And they both <laughs> were like, an like, actual nitrous booster. Like a, like, yeah, but it's like an electric NOS? cart. So it's like it's an electric boost, but you get it once a track and once a oh, lap. I mean, okay. and so oh, okay. it's not nitrous. There's no gas. But yeah. No, it was fun because I cut them off. And then, like, there's a little collision, and I got yelled at by the workers, but I don't care. Hey, we're racing. You know? I had, I had, I had They're like, they held up a sign to me that said, let them pass. And I was like, this is a race. If they want to pass me, they can pass me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to earn it, though. I'm not going to let you pass. Yeah. Come exactly. on. Exactly. I'm not exactly. a competitive person, but I got competitive with that race. You don't think I'm that's going fast lie. enough? That's you a go lie, Cameron. <laughs> you are very competitive, bro. <laughs> yeah, and then we went we went and shot pool late, 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 late last night with uh, Chandler and uh, his girlfriend and stuff. And um, Jesse, I would like to, I would like you to publicly apologize to me for single handedly making us lose to my brother because the entire night you oh. only made like five balls in the entire night. Well, let's have to carry us. Let me preface, we're at a playing at a freaking billiards museum with on a hundred year old tables. I mean, is, is, you don't Jesse know where you like, you there's don't know a dip where. in the table. There's not, there's not a dip in the table. Yeah, have you ever seen the Derek, movie Roadhouse? Yeah, it, it looks like we wandered in we a were. saloon. Yeah, where, where like literally we got, I was like, Chandler, this place is kind of cool, but it's, you know, looks like it could. He's like, yeah, I mean, one time a guy got shot over there. Don't he lived though. It was not a big thing. Like he was it's fine. Not that big of a deal. You know? Yeah, he lived. Yeah. yeah. And I was Don't like, take okay. me there. Thank you. <laughs> no, it was Derek, Derek. Thank so you. we walk in and they're playing like all this like emo and rock and whatever. And it was really annoying. And then like my brother told me, he's like, there's a jukebox, you know, you can like, you know, this is the vibe here. It's kind of like, you know, and uh, and I was like, I'm just not not feeling this. And then he told me there's a jukebox and an app that you can control the music. You know, you pay mm-hmm. money. 
I loaded up all this old school hip hop and yacht rock just to screw with the place. It was amazing. I was playing <laughs> like all 90s hip hop and Michael McDonald and stuff. It was great. It went from like this cool, kind of sketchy, hipstery meets biker bar to I played UB40 Red Red Wine. I played Teddy Pendergrass. I played, it was great. It was when awesome. Red Red Wine queued up for the third consecutive time, it, 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 we cleared that place out. And, you know, we really wanted to turn on Papa Shot, and it was packed, and that cleared it out. Me and Cameron got that for the rest of the night, thanks to UB40 like a rough, for, for 15 straight spot. minutes. Yeah. It was really funny. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, one of our favorite rappers, No Big Deal, joins us. He's highlighted mm. in the new issue of Relevant as well. Um, but he, you'll hear that conversation coming up. He's great. If you don't know his music, you're about to. It's awesome. And Derek, you have you have history with him. Don't I mean, I, obviously, you know, everybody. Yeah. But like you used to work with him, right? Yeah, he was my, uh, so I met him in college and I needed wow. somebody to be my road manager to kind of take care of stuff on the road. He was, went to school for music business and, uh, he, he was my road manager. Um, that's crazy. And I would let him, I would let him use the studio, uh, on, when I wasn't in it. So he would go to the studio, do his records. And then one day I went in there, they were shooting a music video. I was like, what is this for? He's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I got some stuff. So I, he pressed play and I was like. And this oh, is not so. trash. This is actually really wow. good. You know what I mean? And as we started doing our thing, he became a worse road manager and a better rapper. So I fired him. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, that's I, a I good love transition that. for him. <laughs> I, I love that the minty mentory first exposure was this is not trash. <laughs> was the feedback. Well, you know, like when I mean, Derek I know my early stuff was off. audience. I know, I am, yeah, for sure. I, and I don't say that. I, I mean, but that—that that, honestly, <laughs> you're not going to compromise just because he's your friend, you know? No, never. Nah, we always. When it comes to the music, there's no, there's no feelings. It's just, is it good or yeah. not? Yeah. I mean, his stuff was always good. I mean, he's he is legit one of my favorite rappers and deserves to be a very big. I think he's got yeah, a career in sure. front of him for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear his music good. coming up. Uh, we also have your feedback at the end of the show, but stay tuned right now in Slices. Listen to Royal Otis. The song is Oysters in My Pocket. Who doesn't have them? Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Slices. Hey, in, in honor of our pool table excursion last night, will you play the sexy slices intro? Because I ended the night on Pe- Teddy Pendergrass when we left that place. So, like, play the other one. It's time for Slices. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's time for slices now. (laughs) Yeah, baby. A guy guy got shot over there just right in that corner. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally this roadhouse rough and tumble, seedy spot and i'm playing yeah. all this like yacht rock and stuff so we're just, yeah, so we just gonna looking keep around like where's this slices? coming from do what i'm saying so we're just gonna keep switching out the slices uh jingle just, on the mood. <laughs> just whatever we yeah, want to just do gotta follow the vibe man i bet <laughs> all right what you got jesse all right, I don't know if if you guys saw this, but uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I don't feel like he needs an introduction, but he's the inventor of Facebook and now the 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 head of Meta. 
the, the, the giant tech company, was recently interviewed on a podcast hosted by a, a guy named Lex Friedman. And he had some, uh, Lex had some really interesting questions for him uh, that went beyond just sort of the future of technology, but really tried to dig into the psychology of, of Mark Zuckerberg, who is, an ob- let's just be honest, an objectively strange figure in pop culture. I mean, this is someone who was one of the world's richest per- people as, you know, what, 19 or early 20s at least. And has wielded a tremendous amount of power and influence. And look, I mean, the, the, the social network, one of the, the, the most important movies of, you know, kind of the early aughts, showcases kind of strange personality and, and the, the strange way he deals with people. But that's why I thought this interview was so interesting, especially when he started being asked about his thoughts about uh, mortality and purpose. And, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has been on record that, uh, you know, he wants the, the metaverse to sort of be this alternate reality. And he's also said things that, you know, that he's committing uh, 99% of his meta stock, which I think he's, he's, the, I believe is the biggest shareholder that holds about 12%, which equates the billions and billions of dollars that he is going to donate 99% to charitable causes, including trying to end all diseases by the end of this century by uh, offering a cure. But he did say that he doesn't believe, uh, you know, in, in a quest for uh, immortality. Like he does want people to, to not suffer from preventable diseases, uh, but he's not trying to reverse aging. And he uh, thinks about death just like everyone else does. Us. And but he doesn't necessarily think it's an advantageous goal to eliminate the idea of death, um, which I think a lot of times when you think about the metaverse and the implications of maybe one day having sort of rep, being able to have be able to upload degrees of your consciousness or something like that. There, there's a lot of conversations about what an afterlife would look like in a virtual environment. But he didn't seem all that interested in the idea of, uh, you know, living past whatever kind of the natural human lifespan is. But then he was also asked about what he thinks uh, his purpose in life is. And, you know, he kind of talked about how, his whole adult life has ultimately been committed to the idea of connecting people through through social media. Um, but so that was one of his life's goals was to connect humans. Um, but the other life goal, he said, and his other purpose was to create. And here's what uh, I want to read part of the conversation. Um, Mark Zuckerberg said, why does the Bible start there? It could have started anywhere in terms of how to live. But basically, it starts with how God created people. I actually think there is like a compelling argument that I've always found meaningful and inspiring that a a lot of the point of sort of religion has been telling us uh, that we should do what we should do is create and build things. And so I thought that was a really interesting take Mm. for someone who doesn't talk a lot about his personal faith or or philosophy. He seems to be, you know, reasonably agnostic publicly when it comes to political, social and, and religious issues and just keep his platform a platform. But the idea that we have have this ingrained desire to create and build things, I thought was really interesting and and kind of, a, you know, a somewhat profound insight for someone whose creative impulses for better or worse have changed the way humans communicate. Just the idea that the Bible does start with the creation story. And if we're created in the image of God, I think that's an interesting thing to recognize is that there is this built in impulse to, to, to build and create things. We were talking about that yesterday with a friend, a mutual friend of ours that kind of like we were talking about like, it's just fine working odd jobs somewhat like it like really has no direct career ambition, just yeah. makes enough. If he needs money, he'll do a little work. And if he doesn't feel like it, then he has freedom. Right. And like just and it's like I, I get like maybe a season of that. But like I would feel like my life is being wasted if I'm not like trying to create or build something or, you know, whatever. And Jesse, you were saying the same thing. And it's just interesting that like some Mm -hmm. people really are driven by that impulse. Like I I have a purpose, a greater purpose Mm -hmm. I need to do. And then some people uh, really just are fine just having good friends and just not, you know, and that's interesting, like the difference. Yeah, and I know Jamie and Derek. Obviously, you guys are extremely creative people, not just you know person, professionally and personally. I mean, we're we're sitting here creating a podcast together. You know, what is you know? I know Zuckerberg is sort of a controversial figure, but kind of hearing that perspective, especially as creatives, what 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 are what are your guys' thoughts? You know what? If I'm being if I'm being like really really honest, I'm probably gonna get heavy a little heavy right now. But honestly, yeah. that's probably that's probably been the 
hardest thing in the past two years for me. Like as an artist, just trying to figure out like where my next steps are as a as a musician. Because, hmm. you know, considering like all the crazy stuff that's happened with like the church and evangelicals and all of that, and then being an artist that that has wrapped in those circles and and really felt, you know, like when I was making music, I was like, yo, I'm changing the world with this. Like that's what my purpose is. My purpose is to change the world for Jesus. And and I got this whole army of Christians with me and we're going to do something amazing. And that kind of shatters when you realize like for some people it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're black though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so you got that. Then you got pandemics where like, you know, I'm like, I haven't toured. Gosh, I haven't toured since 2019. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. or like the, like me and prop were supposed to go on tour in 2020. That was the last tour that, that was on. So it's like, is touring coming back with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I know with myself, that's, it's been a wrestle for me to try to like muster the energy to create because we're in so such perilous times with war, inflation, all those different things. I'm like, I don't know what the point of even creating is, you know? So, yeah. That's deep. Are, are you saying like, you don't know what the point of creating you creating is? Cause you, when you created, yeah, what earlier, was the point? What's the point? Yeah. The point was change the world for Jesus. And now you yeah. feel excluded from that community because of so much changing in the last few years. Plus the whole dynamic of the entire industry has changed with, like you said, COVID and touring. Yeah. And you're like, now yeah, actually, what is the point I could, I can create, but for what greater purpose? What's That's the purpose beyond the creation? Right. Like the music right. and just entertainment has to be, or whatever. Yeah. It has to be for me. The music has never just been, let me entertain. Like it's always mm -hmm. been, I'm, there's something that I'm, that I'm changing. There, there's something I'm creating. There's a purpose behind it. So if the purpose, if you've been doing something for 10 years and then things change, there's a morning that takes place. But then the next question is, well, then what do I want to do? You know what I mean? And, it, it, and, and, and my wife, like sometimes, you know, my friends are like, "Yo, just make music because you're good at it and you like doing it." And it's like, ah, my brain still hasn't processed how that works together. So, yeah, mm. I think creating too has been difficult over the last. You know, we've all been living through this pandemic, and we all use our creative outlet to do things differently. And then here we are in this position, going like, "Okay, what does it look like now?" I think for me, even to like, if I'm thinking about my podcast that I've done, you know, for almost eight years here it started out as just like fun and like creative like oh let's just have fun and then now over the last three years it's gotten much more like focused on like how do I have hard conversations and hard topics but that mm. creative vibe for me has cost me things and so that even where it gets into like you know what are you willing to lose in order to create what you feel called to create and I think that's a question that I've had to deal with in the last couple of years do, do, do you guys feel the impulse to create for the just like if no, like does it does the obviously the audience matters, right? It, it not you know I know professionally obviously, but then it kind of gives validity to work. But do you guys have ever the impulse just to create and write or make music, knowing no one may ever hear this, or 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 encounter this, or or you know it's just for you, just for the sake of creating? Oh, I've I've made music. I've had like if if I do twelve songs, if y'all hear twelve songs, there's. 50 that I scrapped. 50 that are just sitting on my laptop. Yeah, but you like, made the 50 with the intent of wide release. You just self-edited. It's not that you just made it knowing that, right? I mean, you're not just going to go record like a love song to your wife that like nobody will ever hear, right? Or no? Nah, I, I like I catch vibes. I catch vibes. But so my process is a little different. The albums are forged out of the art that's being made. Like once I start hearing a common theme, I'm like, oh, okay, this is where you're at. Dot, keep going that direction. So, but at first there's always this like big lump of clay and I'm just like chiseling away, trying to figure out, okay, is there, is there even a, a, a sculpture here? Then once I start seeing a nose, I start seeing hands and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, there is a sculpture. Let's dive into that. So, but it always starts mostly with creation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but I guess going? my point would be that in the back of your mind, though, you are creating these songs to figure out if the sculpture is there. I mean, you're looking you for are a sculpture. Like working yes. towards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not just 
I want to make this and literally nobody will ever hear it. It's just a nah. personal project. I think that's what maybe I, I'm not like that, Jesse. Yeah, like I'm to not, me, I'm like if either. I'm going to pour myself into something, I want it to make a difference. I don't want yeah. to, I would, yeah. I know some people, uh, who was it? Uh, a mentor, a mentor of mine told me that like, People who use their minds for their job need to relax by using their hands and people who use their hands for their job need to recharge by using their mind. Right. And so this leader, this leader spends his nights gardening because that's Mm -hmm. how he decompresses and he's creating and cultivating, but it's not managing people. It's not reading. It's not, you know, whatever. And like, for me, that's the same. Like I'm creating and leading and inspiring and vision envisioning and all that all day long working with creatives, working with whatever, we're going somewhere at night. The last thing I want to do is create for myself. I'm I'm like, I want to be with friends or I want to like recharge or I want to go do, you know, something totally different part of my brain. That's anyway. It's kind of like this, though. Jesse, you were asking if you just create just to create. Aaron and I were on a trip, a writer's trip. So it was like maybe like eight or 10 and everyone there, their job was to write things. And we're in Italy and we're at this winery. It's a super small family owned winery. And this, the, the old man who does all the, there was the a winery, lot of relaxation this, devices, a there. lot of relaxation devices, <laughs> but he brought this big book out and he said, Oh, you, and you know, there was a translator and he's like, Oh, you guys are all writers. I wrote this book. And he said, it's a book of poems. And we're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. He read some for us. And we all said, we want to support this guy. We said, Hey, how can we buy this? Like we want to buy a copy. And he said, Oh, I just wrote this one. It's just for me. And all mm. of our minds were blown like, oh, you wrote an entire book just for you? Like, w- wait, you're not you're not trying to sell this. You're not trying to use your creativity as your job. It was really mind blown. And I have remembered that forever, that that was so special to him. He created just because he's a creator and he wrote a book mm. and none of us will ever read it except for him and his but, family. But think about, but that's even that confirms what I was told by my mentor. He's sitting there creating wine all day and he right, needed right. to exercise uh-huh. a different part of his creative but, but, mind. But even just that know. interesting impulse, whether it's someone who combines it with professional ambitions or not, that just hardwiring to create is ingrained right. in right. so many right. people. Right. And even, it, mm-hmm. you know, someone like a Mark Zuckerberg recognizing there's a reason the most powerful religious text ever penned opens with the creation narrative, because mm-hmm. at the heart of what drives a lot of people is they want to create and build and understand, you know, what they're capable of. And, you know, I just felt like it was very insightful, especially for someone who is a controversial figure to kind of recognize that impulse. You know, I don't know what he personally believes in terms of God, but it seems like the implication is this is a sort of divine impulse that whether you're using it to build a, a business or a book or, or a song or, or whatever, you know, a book of poetry, it, it's it that impulse comes from somewhere that's slightly yeah. beyond our grasp, you know. Yeah. Good. All right. What do you have, Derek? So um, there's a story or there's a uh, a myth, if you will, of a nine tailed fox demon that can transform into women. Wait, and what? Is this a Pokemon? I'm telling you. No, <laughs> no. How many points are we in talking? Jap- in Japan. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm assuming that, I'm assuming the hit points are pretty high, but there's a there's a um, there's a myth of a demon with nine. It's a nine tailed fox, and it can turn into uh, a woman, and it can seduce her. men, etc., etc. I think we might all have, but uh, yeah. Um, and this demon is very destructive and monstrous, and it tried to you know seduce the emperor, and the emperor locked it up in a rock, and it's been there ever since. Until this mm. year, when mm. that rock has cracked open. Wait, what? The yeah. killing stone is what they call it. It's called the killing stone, and that stone has been split in half. So if the demon was in, the demon not in there no more. So we're going to need all of the, uh, all the grannies. The intercessors. The, and yeah, the, the intercessors, church. the prayer circles. Yeah. I'm going to need y'all in a prayer circle because we gonna have, we got some big fish to fry. Over in Japan. Maybe that's the reason everything's going crazy right now. Right. Now, I, I have a question about this because I saw this story floating around. I know, don't have and, no and, answers. And, I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> was it just, did they just wake up one day and like, uh-oh, rock split overnight? Like, yes. or, or are they nah, fairly yes. certain it wasn't It wasn't like an unnatural act? Like someone came. Well, they said it's been cracking for years because of right. rainwater of something. Like I guess erosion, like rainwater. So I'm like... I don't know. 
All I know is not a great song. Is the it's not yes. Twenty twenty two, the Demon Rock <laughs> split open. The Demon Rock split open. That's, that's, open. that's the last rock. thing we need is the Demon right. Rock to split open. So, but the Demon Rock and, has and split this nine tailed demon uh, takes the 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 form of women. So single men stay off the dating apps right now. Stay, yeah, stay off. Stay the dating off apps. of all Just, of them. You don't need yep. it. You never know. It might be a nine tailed demon. Shape-shifting listen, into I, That's I, crazy. I, I, blame, I blame the emperor for this because, listen, when I grew up in the charismatic church, you you know, there's a way to bind the the, 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 the forces of darkness. It's not to put them in a rock, okay? Like, this is yeah. not a very no, good cage. Can't. It already had a crack in it. If rainwater <laughs> can break a rock, how's it supposed to hold some powerful demon? Not a great call You cast those demons into the pigs. You cast them. Yeah, no, you you get that thing out of here. You rock, don't put it in right? a rock and they hit, hold like, on to it. Like I, I feel like you give me long enough, you put me in a rock with a crack in it, I can probably push my way out. Okay. And I don't even have nine days. So I think we, I'm not going to blame the demon. Demons trying to get out. Demons do what they do. Right. Demons do what bad. You could, we have a cage or something. You got to put a, a cracked rock. What emperor are you talking the about? Tried, he, the emperor that put the, the demon in the rock. That's oh, why I didn't know the emperor put the demon yeah, there. He captured okay. it. He captured it. Put what's him he going to do? Put him in a rock? You, like you said, you're an emperor. You got a lot of resources. Shoot him off in a rocket. Make him somebody else's, some other planet's problem. <laughs> Don't put him in a rock. I feel like the rock was just temporary. Like, hey, we'll put him in the rock. We'll figure this out. And then it's like, we'll figure it out later. Hey, hey, whatever happened with the demon in the rock? Well, I don't know. I'll go check. Uh, guys, I think we got some rain uh, or something. I'm going to blame that. But uh, blame the rain. who was supposed to check the up on that? Split. Who was supposed All to right. check up on plan B for that? What do you have, Jamie? <laughs> All right. Speaking of creators, one of the greatest creators ever to live, Dolly Parton. Um, before I tell you what she did, you guys, did y'all know, let me just say this, that Dolly Parton is one of an elite group of individuals to receive at least one nomination from all four major annual American entertainment award organizations, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. He got Isn't that crazy. She's yeah. amazing. She's amazing. Wait, she's so, the first, a bunch of people have you no, guys. She's Who, one what, of the, what did you say? One of the few. She's, okay, got it. There's an elite group of individuals who's received at least one nomination from all four um, award organizations. Oh, oh, she didn't so, win them all. She because like John Legend has won them all. He's a he got, and then I think Lynn Manuel mm-hmm. Miranda maybe is this year getting any. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, there's a handful. You're right. Okay, there's a handful. But right now, what Dolly is in the news for is that she has bowed out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. So she has taken herself out of the running uh, in a statement that she released to her social media accounts. She said that she was extremely flattered and grateful, but she didn't feel she'd earned that right. Like this, she said, I really do not want votes to be split because of me. So I must respectfully bow out. So she's pulling herself out and she said she's always wanted to uh, put out a, a rock and roll album. And so this is kind of pushing her in there. But you don't actually have to have produced a rock and roll album to be nominated, which is a new thing since like 2007. Um, but she took herself out. She didn't want, she didn't want to split the vote. And so she's bowing out. She will not take she, the induction into the rock and roll hall of fame. Because like Pat Benatar and Dion Warwick are also being nominated. And so she didn't want to take any votes from them because she felt they were more deserving than her. She's very humble. I also heard that she's, she declined a presidential medal of freedom because she, again, didn't want the spotlight. She has famously turned down many, many awards. The, uh, the Tennessee state Capitol wanted to put a Dolly Parton statue in front as one of the, you know, the uh, and she said no? know, heroes. Wow. And she said no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she's, well, I also she's just nice. realized that she is uh this will be old news by the time this airs but she's playing at south by uh this weekend wow south by uh, oh really the music festival what here in austin legend. oh no she's awesome and she's Wish like 74 or five years old like playing south by that's crazy <laughs> exactly right yeah and and dude if i i went i did a little not deep dive but a dive into her dude she's a fantastic songwriter you, you, i mean right. it's especially Absolutely. some of her early stuff when she was just kind of an appalachian kind of folk singer i mean it was storytelling combined with songwriting in a way that few american songwriters have been able to do you know well wasn't it last week jesse that you did like the uh top hundred love songs or didn't you do that did we talk about that last week and i will always song, love yeah. you by whitney houston was up there, but why Which, does Whitney get credit and not Dolly? Didn't Dolly write that? Yes, she did. And in fact, Dolly has version? said 
she wants, oh, forget who it is, but some current artist like an Ariana Grande or The Weeknd or something to like cover Jolene because she wants it to get that epic treatment uh-huh. that, like Whitney that, gave that Whitney that. gave I'll Always Love You. Because she's like, I wrote these little these little country Appalachian songs very humbly mm-hmm. saying my little songs in the hands of better artists become timeless and it's like her little song is taking her straight to the bank for the rest of her life forever i have never like i've not heard one person in life race creed color age say one bad thing about like dolly Parton. no like she is like literally an uh uh, an angel on earth Mm -hmm. it it would seem from, from you know i've never met her but Dolly, well, I mean, just I like Dolly, from the earliest you know days, earliest days before she had a lot of money. She was giving back to local education in Nashville or in Tennessee. And she, mm-hmm. you know, her hometown. I watched a clip of her on the Johnny Carson show in like maybe 81 this week. And it was they were naming the local parkway in her little hometown after her. And mm-hmm. and she's just she was very hot, kind of embarrassed about it. He brought it up, obviously. And she's like, well, you know, we've been doing some things for the kids and, you know, da, 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 and they just want, you know, it's just like she's been giving back since day one. Even yeah. we've talked about it on the show. She early investor in the vaccine and like different things to help humanity. I mean, she, this woman. And she has, just co-authored a book with James Patterson. Like. He is a major New York Times yeah. bestseller. She's yeah. on a very short list of just celebrity names that no one has a bad thing to say and everyone loves. It's like that's her, exactly right. Yeah, LeVar Burton and Weird Al. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like and those Ka- are and Kanye. Kanye West. Nobody ever says anything bad about Kanye. But, but, but real talk, if you went up to anyone on the street, and be like, "Hey, what's your take on Dolly Parton, LeVar Burton, and Weird Al?" They're like, "Oh, well, please, uh, obviously, nothing but love for those people. They are they're just <laughs> right. they're just unassailably awesome." You know. My favorite thing right now is all these people that were all about Jesus is King when Kanye dropped Jesus. Oh, King. Yeah. He's a Christian artist now. He's going to bring in the next Reformation. Culture's going to change for Jesus. Da da da. And they're just watching his Instagram right now. Like, mm. uh, <laughs> listen, I had people legitimately uh, hit me up and say, Derek Miner. You should make more music like Kanye. You're oh. you're a sinner. You're this or that and that. And I'm like, how you feeling now? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. How you feeling I now? And, and anybody in my music videos? So. I, I love Kanye, but I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Not as Y'all much as Kanye loves do- Kanye, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, right. Well, that'll do it for Sizes. Stay tuned. Up next, no big deal joins us. It's a big deal though. For heaven's sake. You're listening to For King and Country. The song is Broken Halos. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Where our guest today is Dylan Phillips, but you probably know him as No Big Deal. He's one of my favorite Christian rappers out right now. Hey, he's one of my favorite rappers out right now. Seriously, so good. He sat down with Tyler Huckabee to discuss his amazing journey with his own music and where he sees the Christian hip-hop scene heading. Here is our conversation with No Big Deal. Yeah, honey grand, honey K, honey bands, what a day. Underneath the sun ain't nothing new, but it's a sunny day. Trying to spend this money like he coming, he ain't running late. Distro kid, cut the check, indie tribe, cut the cake. Honey grand, honey K, honey bands, what a day. Look, chasing out the money, make you run in place. Look, I just come a mother, said so your son is straight. You hear a lot of people talk about uh, this idea of being like an indie musician or an indie artist, and, and uh, that word doesn't have a lot of meaning. You are a true indie artist. You're like genuinely independent. Tell me a little bit about what that's been like for you. What what are some of the opportunities maybe you've had being independent? And then what are some of the challenges that it's been for you that maybe other artists haven't faced? Like you said, I'm, I'm truly independent. I don't have a distribution deal. I don't have a, 
indie label, which I mean, if you're on an indie label, that is like by industry definitions, you are indie. I'm not saying you're not, but maybe there should be like a, even another term <laughs> for, for, uh, for what I'm doing because I'm like, Indian. yeah, yeah. I don't know, pure indie or something like that. But yeah. So I, I would say the freedom is, or the advantages are, I mean, complete, uh, creative control. Um, this, and also the speed at which I can create content, create music and release it, you know, and then share it with the world is, I mean, it, there's really no comparison to um, the creative control and the speed and just kind of the control of the whole story mm-hmm. and the whole narrative, the risks that you can take, the pivots that you can make as an independent artist. It's just, it's really just about you, your fans, your supporters, and the art. Granny say that it's slap. I got the tribe and my boys on my back. I got the cross of the Lord on my back. You said he's slacking, I'm foreign to that Road is it four in the morning, in fact Look, I don't got time to retweet, uh My city love me like Chief Keef, wait My city love me like Kiki, uh Dodging coyotes like Meep Meep, uh None of these rappers could see For as long as art has been done Some of the best conditions for the best art Are, are pressure, back against the wall um, You know, uh, necessity breeds cre- creativity, right? So like um, that's why a lot of artists procrastinate to the last minute and they might not even know why they're doing it. And, you know, our, our culture and society would be like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. That's bad. You could look at it negative, but really it's, it's really just the, it's probably the artist subconsciously trying to create that necessity or that pressure where the magic and the sparks happen. Do you ever feel like you, you find yourself, you, you said maybe even other artists do this, but do you sort of create situations for yourself where there might be extra pressure, where you might put your back up against the wall, just try to find a little extra creative spark for yourself? Is that something that you do deliberately sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a technique that me and some of my uh, like friends and collaborators kind of really dug into a couple years ago. Like sometimes little stuff like, okay, from the time you walk in the studio, you have 30 minutes to create a song from scratch. Oh, wow. And then after that, you can have a typical three hour session. <laughs> but but the rule is to start off the, the, the day, like the sessions of the day, you got to make something from start to finish huh. in 30 minutes. And those boundaries, they they force you to make creative decisions that you wouldn't make if you knew you had all the time in the world. And that whole thing teaches you to trust yourself as an artist more, to believe that God has actually fine-tuned you to be able to do things that people who are gifted in other ways cannot do. So when I when I look at like the artistry that he allows me to create or my friends to create, I'm like, yo, we're fine-tuned to do this. Like, uh, like this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing and this is incredible. And that is a way to magnify God, not, not worship ourselves. It's like the opposite, you know what I mean? I think to downplay that would be to downplay God's design. Walked in like I'm Dexter, listening to Kesha. I don't mean to stress you, but you know that I'm the next up. Don't be gassing me, I'd rather speed off in the Tesla. Had to flee the scene, I left the beat off in the stretcher. As a as a writer, as a lyricist, as a writer, what do you think kind of uh, distinguishes you or sets you apart? Uh, what do you bring to the scene that that maybe you're not seeing a whole lot of? Or how did how did God fine tune you in particular uh, for the the platform you have and, and the music that you're making? Yeah. So um, I think, you know, lyrically, the poetic background that I was talking about, like kind of growing up in those jazz and spoken word culture. I also did spoken word poetry before I started. Um, Yeah, before I did, before I rapped. And then I also I led uh, spoken word and creative writing workshops um, in the Nashville area with the with a nonprofit called Southern Word. And I, I think that poetic and creative writing background sets me apart in how I approach writing. 
I'm a music nerd. Yeah, like a music and pop culture nerd. But as far as hip hop, it's a whole nother level. Like I like one of my one of my dreams is after I'm done being a rapper to to be a professor on hip hop, hip hop culture, music business, whatever at MTSU, because I approach it like academically, like my friends probably get tired of me in the group message because the way that I'm like talking about different eras of hip hop and like a lot of my friends are like, man, the flow is just dope. Like (laughs) I just picked this flow because it's dope. And I'm like, and I'm like, yo, look what I just did in this verse. Like this is like reminiscent of what Q-Tip did on in like 1994 on the, and they're like, what? Like, why are you thinking about that? Like just rap, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But it's like, so I, I think that brings like a, I think that kind of sets me apart. When you think about the, the future, the, the no big deal future, you, you mentioned that you would like, love to be a professor someday down the road in terms of being an artist. What do you hope, you know, end of the day, all said and done, 40, 50 years from now, you're sitting down. What do you hope the artistic impact that you've left behind is? What do you hope people, when people think about No Big Deal, they think that was the guy who. Yeah, I I want people to think that, I want people to have a fuller picture of God's creativity and his diversity in how he approaches creation. So lately I've been thinking of myself as a conduit for God's creativity um, or thinking of myself as God's poem, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and that, that I, I, yeah, and I, I want to pass that on to people. I think that I, I, you know, personally, I came from a background of having pretty small, defined picture of God. And what helped me get out of that was music and art and then also the universe, I mean, the other day I was thinking the God who created light and time also has created spots in the universe where light and time break down and don't Mm -hmm. function the same way that we experience them. Mm -hmm. Like God is huge and extremely like creative and beautiful and unfathomable going through the Bible in, in a year. Um, with some friends. And uh, so, you know, we're in the beginning of the Old Testament and so much of how they worshiped God. And when I say worship, I mean, just like how they would address him or try to explain him to people or how they would ascribe worth and glory and credence to God was to talk about his creation and how he created the way that they make sense of it in their head is like, this is the true God because he created all of this stuff that we see. And so I don't know, in a way I want to get back to, to that kind of thinking, like, man, uh, you know, the grand Canyon again, it's like God created that. And that's a speck in the universe. That's the God that I want to like walk with, you know? I was listening to Illmatic on vinyl and I thought, where did rhymes go? People want the vibes, but I gotta give them life though. Rappers don't revise, cut the fat like some lipo. Shout to Post Malone, kill the beat like a psycho. Any tribe mitochondria, I'm in a cell. Intel like Melania. That was no big deal. You can read more of our conversation with him and other Christian hip hop artists that are blowing up right now. And the new issue of Relevant, check it out. It's at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Listening to Joywave, the song is Have You Ever Lit a Year on Fire? Have you ever lit a year on fire? Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we didn't do your feedback. Uh, there was a lot, though, and we appreciated it. Uh, I guess we tweeted out a, a uh, question of the week without me knowing. It was re- it referenced my birthday. It said, in honor of Cam's birthday, what was the weirdest or craziest gift you've ever received? Birthday gift you've ever received. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, told us some. Here's our, some of our favorites. 
Well, Riken says, <laughs> I don't know if it matters. I don't know if it makes the story any more or less awkward, but it appears to be a male in his profile picture. Um, my grandma bought me bikini style underwear used from a garage sale. <laughs> so, so gross. At least you got a good deal. At least you got a good deal. Hey, Eli. Eli. <laughs> Try him on, Riken. Try him on. My, gra- my grandma. My grandma back in the day, like it was for Christmas, but she made all the grandkids. It was in the Cabbage Patch f- craze era and she couldn't afford Cabbage Patch kids because ministry family and, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of kids, grandkids. And she handmade everybody Cabbage Patch kids of them. So I got oh. a Cabbage Patch kid of me. That's kind of had cool. it for years and years. And Jesse has made many jokes about it being up in my attic, haunting my, my <laughs> house. But, Last time I was yeah. here, guys, I, I, I was so terrified because I heard rattling up in the attic and only folks, <laughs> little Cameron up there, you know, doing something sinister. So comes alive yeah, at Cameron night. Cameron got, got a whole floor to us. So I actually put little Cameron in a rock in the backyard, guys. The rock's broke, and I don't know where a little camera is. The rock broke. <laughs> but, but hey, I'll take I'll take a grandma giving used bikini underwear over like little dolls of yourself. Any but day. Cameron, you should say this: little no. Cameron the doll was wearing bikini underwear that she bought at a garage sale. So I, I should. A deal's a deal. That's why little Cameron is haunting everybody. Uh, Whoever put this on me, Rachel Christmas says uh, a vacuum bag, but I didn't own a vacuum. Oh, that's a bad joke. So like, that's why. Even if you Well, first of all, why don't you have a vacuum? How do you clean your floors? I mean, that's number one. That's a fact. But number two, why would you give somebody a vacuum bag as a gift? It's a hint because it's you went over their sure. house. You, you went over their house. You went over their house and were like, oh, "Very dirty." I'm not going to buy them a vacuum. But maybe they'll get the hint if I buy them the bags at least. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is also kind of weird. Like Riken, Chris uh, Morphew said, my mom's friend once gave me a too tight, bright pink shirt with a giant blushing kissy face and the word flirt uh, embroidered underneath. Felt like a weird choice for an awkward 12 year old boy. (laughs) Shoved it under my bed and never spoke of it again. Wow. Flirt? (laughs) Poor kid. A pink? 12 years old. Yeah. That would be, I mean, I was going to say that would be traumatizing, but he's a full grown adult still talk, talking about that. That was traumatizing for, sure. for him. It was traumatizing. Sure. Yep. Ross has oh one, God. and this gives strong Michael Scott couldn't afford to give away scholarships or laptops, so he gave away lithium batteries for the laptops vibes, <laughs> yeah. like Ross's. Yeah. He says, my dad gave me a golf bag one year because he knew I wanted to start playing golf. He only gave me the bag. No clubs along with it, and he knew I didn't have clubs. Well, you know, clubs are expensive. At least you got the bag. At least you got that lithium battery, okay? Bags are expensive, too. Bags yeah, are expensive. Yeah, but you can't do them both. Pick one. Hey, in his dad's defense... Clubs are very personal for the person. So, mm, so Ross needs true. to go out and get his own clubs. But you know what? I'll support you and I'll give you a nice bag as a present. Yeah. I'm in I'm in camp dad on this one. Good for dad. You don't that's like picking out a you can't even go to the driver for somebody. You, that give, you, you give him know. a driver. You give him a driver, at least Ross can go practice. He's like, What are you what are you gonna do with a golf bag? Just walk around, <laughs> practice walking with a bag. <laughs> What do, you, Ross, what do you want Ross to be a caddy or a golfer? Hey, why, why is Ross needing other people to buy all his equipment for the sport he wants to pick up? Ross is standing on your own two feet and buy your own Golf's club. expensive. Right, Ross then don't broke. take up golf. You, can, you know what's True. free? Running. Go run. Running. You can just <laughs> run around. That's free. You know, you can't say I want to pick up golf and I can't afford to We already golf. talked about running, bro. Yeah, listen, yeah. Ross, there's plenty of habits. Have you ever heard of making strange Cabbage Patch dolls that resemble members of your family and putting bikinis <laughs> underwear on them? That's a normal hobby. A lot of people do it, okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be your Not feedback. Weird. There's more where that came from. Go check it out. Not weird. Uh, it's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. So earlier, we got talking about Dolly Parton, national hero, national treasure. Uh not Nick Cage. Nick Cage, Dolly Parton. They'd be on the Mount Rushmore, right? Uh, anyway, we got talking about Dolly Parton. Got thinking about I Will Always Love You, how it became an anthem once Whitney Houston. I mean, it was a huge hit in its time. And then it got a new audience and new generation, new life with Whitney Houston. So we got thinking about remaking songs. What song do you love or you, you know, was a classic in one genre that you would love to see remade in a different genre? Tell us the song. Tell us the artist you'd love to see redo it. 
all that. I, I, I think this will be fun. Maybe we'll yeah. even, just, you know, hit up some of their management teams and suggest it yeah. to them. You know, there we go. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us what song you want to see remade and by who and what genre. That'll be fun. Okay. And we'll read our favorites on next week's show. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank No Big Deal for joining us today. Make sure to check out our conversation with him and other emerging great rappers in the brand new issue of Relevant. Uh, you can find it at relevantmagazine.com right there in the magazine tab. We also have Juan Day, Judah and the Lion, Maisie Peters, other great music. We have Channing Tatum. We have Ryan Reynolds. We have Adam McKay, uh, Shauna Nequist. Brooke Ligertwood, I mean, it is a stacked issue. Go check it out. Relevant Plus subscribers can get a beautifully formatted enhanced edition, perfect for tablet, desktop, and mobile, ad-free. And you can also check out the articles ad-supported at relevantmagazine.com. Go check it out. Um, also, make sure to check out relevantstore.com. Uh, we have great new gear. We have our annual print edition. We have uh, podcast fan stuff. We're adding new products and if you like what you see, Relevant Plus subscribers get 20% off. So, you know, another reason to get Relevant Plus. Um, also, you mentioned me, uh, you heard me mention Lumo at the beginning of the podcast. They also are the sponsor of our Deeper Walk Daily Devotional Series. We publish a new devotional every weekday morning. You can check it out in the faith section at relevantmagazine.com or you can sign up and get it sent to your email. It's a great way to start the day. We're appreciative of their support. Hey, if you like the show, Rate it, review it, wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you hear us. It helps, the algorithm helps get word out and helps people discover the show. And we like the feedback, if you're nice. Oh, and if you like the music that we're playing in, in all the breaks, uh, you can follow along on our Spotify playlist. It's called Heard on the Relevant Podcast, and you can find it by searching at Spotify. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. And we will see you on... Whenever you get the show because you're a subscriber or you're not. There you go. Go check out Relevant Plus <laughs> and get it early. Ad free and early. Come on now, people. Relevant Plus. Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. I mean, one time a guy got shot over there. Don't he lived though. It was not a big thing. Relevant Podcast Network.